Hi everyone. Now this evening I would like us to revisit the eight signs of John's Gospel with a view to bringing them all together and looking at the pattern which they form in this Gospel account. Now when we read through the Gospel we're possibly not aware of the significance of the order in which they occur. If we read the Gospel as a, a, a scriptural text we come across the signs and it's lovely to, to read them, but we may not be aware of the, of the order and as to why they are located in, in John's Gospel the way that they are. But I think the order is significant uh, as well as the um, associated teaching of each sign. So, first of all, it might be helpful just to remind ourselves what a sign is in John's Gospel. A sign is a miracle. A miracle which seeks to teach us divine truth over and beyond the miracle itself. So to that end, John says near the end of his gospel account in chapter 20, he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus. I read it from the scriptures. I looked at my notes and I find that the verse is incomplete. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. And I think it's really interesting that of all the miracles that the Lord Jesus performed during the days of his ministry, that John through the Holy Spirit, has chosen to select just eight of these miracles, eight signs for a reason. And they're in a particular order in John's Gospel. Now, do you remember that um, a, a few weeks ago, um, we, we looked at the three Greek words which are used in the New Testament for miracles. Um, the Greek words, the first one is a word called dunamis, which means simply power. And that's where we get the English word dynamite. Now that word is not used in John's gospel. He doesn't use that word. The second Greek word that is used is teres. And that speaks of a, that which is wonderful, a wonder, uh, something strange, um, which causes the beholder of the miracle to wonder, to marvel at this wonderful thing that has happened. So it's a wonder. So this, has re this word has regard to the effect produced on those who witness the miracle. Wow. Now that word is used just, by, just once by, by John in, in what we call John chapter four. Now the word that really is of most interest to us this evening is the word semaion. Semeon, which is a sign, the Greek word semeon. The word has regard to the significance of the work that was wrought. So it doesn't just consider the miracle itself, but the significance of what was done. What did the work signify? And as you can imagine, that word is used extensively by John in his gospel. Um, I think it's used. 17 times, but I haven't checked it out. 
And Mr. Mr. Vine, W.E. Vine, uh, he, he's looked at these signs and, and, and he he's puts it in quite a, uh, a crisp way. He says, a sign is intended to appeal to the understanding. A, a wonder appeals to the imagination. And thirdly, a power, dunamis, indicates its source as being supernatural. Now, interestingly, all of the above words, all three of them, occur in a single verse in Scripture. If you'd like to look up Hebrews chapter 2, and we'll just read verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. God also bearing, and you'll notice uh, then in italic, so we'll omit the pronoun, God also bearing witness, both with signs, sanaion, and wonders, Greek word teras, and with diverse miracles, dunamis, or rather various mighty works, and gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, distributed according to his own will. Now, a miracle is a supernatural exercise of divine power. That's a simple way, really, of explaining what a miracle really is. It's a supernatural exercise of divine power. All signs are miracles. And we touched upon this a few weeks ago. All signs are miracles, but not all miracles are signs. For signs convey to us some distinct teaching. Of all the wonderful miracles that the Lord wrought, John has chosen, as we thought earlier, he's chosen eight. He selected eight to be included in his account. He could have included many, many more, but he didn't. So we just have the eight. A few weeks ago, we looked at the fourth sign, the feeding of the 5,000. And we were reminded that this was the only sign that is recorded in all four gospel accounts. Now, the fifth sign, the following sign, where the Lord walks upon the water, is also recorded in the other gospels, but only in Matthew and Mark. So that these two signs are the only signs of, in John's Gospel which are recorded elsewhere in the New Testament. The other six signs are peculiar to John. So we see signs four and five, where we can learn of details of those miracles in, in other Gospels, but signs one, two, and three, six, seven, eight, are only found in John's Gospel. They're peculiar to John. So these two central signs, as it were, signs four and five, are spoken of elsewhere, and the other six, namely signs one, two, and three, and signs six, seven, and eight, are not. Now, there is a pattern which exists, a symmetrical pattern where signs four and five are the central signs and the others are on the flanks. But of course, 
no less important. They are all of equal importance. After all, they're all part of the Holy Word of God. You'll notice that signs four and five are consecutive. One follows on from the other, or as they say these days, back to back, whilst the others appear scattered or isolated in John's Gospel. And they range from chapter two, the first sign, water into wine, through the Gospel account, through to chapter 21. So that these eight signs form a pattern, a symmetrical pattern. And to help us to grasp this concept, I think it is helpful if we consider them to be in the form of a pyramid. I want us to see that signs four and five are at the peak of our pyramid. And the next level down the pyramid can be found signs three and six. And then the next level down from that, signs two and seven. And the next level down from that, signs one and eight. So just to re recap, we have signs one and eight at the base. Next level up, signs two and seven. Above that, we have signs three and six. And at the top, we have signs four and five. And this evening, I would just like to attempt to show that these signs correspond to each other. So that sign one, water into wine, corresponds to sign eight, the draft of fishes. Sign three to sign six, and sign four to five, and of course, sign two to seven. Now, this kind of arrangement is called an introversion. You don't have to remember that, but it, it's the technical name given to this kind of analysis, introversion. When you think of a person who may be described as an introvert, it's a person who has inward-looking thoughts upon himself, whilst the opposite, the extrovert, is a person who is outgoing, who has an outgoing personality. So this is introversion. It looks, it makes comparisons within itself, within its own structure. And we'll, we'll see, I trust, that there is a beautiful order here in which they appear, these eight signs. These signs are arranged in a beautiful order, and if the first sign had been about the nobleman's son, remember, who was extremely sick, he near, near to the point of, or at the point of death, if that one had been the first, and the marriage in Cana had been the second sign, the whole pattern would have collapsed. But as it is, the Lord has told us that the first sign was the water into wine at Cana of Galilee. And then it was followed by the raising of the nobleman's son. Thus there are four pairs. And we'll notice that the, the latter sign of a pair carries more weight, has more substance, is more significant than the first sign. Um, this will become more apparent as we go through, I trust, but if we don't have time to look at that this evening, it probably won't, perhaps you might like to look at it in your own time, is to look at signs one and eight 
sign and see how much more weightier sign eight is than sign one. And similarly with, with two and seven and so on. So that what we're looking at here is, is the inspired word of God. This is something which God has installed in the gospel account. He's inserted this into John's account. This, this lovely structure of, of the miracles, the signs which the Lord Jesus did. So let me just um, do an overview of, of these various signs. And then we'll go into a little more detail. Sign one, a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And we compare that with the, the draft of fishes. Sign aid. And here we see the Lord's provision. Remember at the wedding feast, they ran out of wine. When the fishermen were at work in, in John chapter 21, they caught no fish. So there was no wine in the first miracle uh, sign and no fish in the second. And the Lord provided both. The water he converted into wine in the first, and in the second, he says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And then we have sign two and seven. Sign two, the ruler's son, the nobleman's son, who was at the point of death and was restored. And sign seven, we have the miracle concerning Lazarus. I like to call him the sister's brother. So here we have another male, and this time he had actually died when he was healed by the Lord. Rather, healed, not so much healed, restored, raised again by the Lord. So one was restored to health, and the other, make a problem. I've confused myself. They were both restored to life. The first was at the point of death, and Lazarus had already died when the Lord arrived. And then the third sign, the infant of man, or the invalid, he was there at the pool for 38 years. In sign three, we learn of the infant of man who was at the pool of, of the, of, of, in, in, in Jerusalem. He was there for 35 years, waiting for the water to be disturbed. Sign six, we learn of the man who was born blind. He was born blind. This man had never, ever seen. And so here we see the Lord's ability to restore, for he restored the impotent man, and he created sight for the one who was blind. One restored to health, and one given the sight, given the gift of sight. And then finally, sign four and five, we have the feeding of the 5,000, sign four, and sign five, the walking on the sea. And here we see the Lord's care for the 5,000. He fed them all, none were excluded. And his care for the disciples later, as he comforted them in the storm. And he delivered them from the storm. And amazingly, he transported them to their destination. So there then we have just a glimpse of, of, the, of the eight 
signs and we think of them in tiers one eight two seven three six four five we think of them as a pyramid so let's now have a look at a little more detail as time permits um, into this wonderful pattern and we'll read first of all from john chapter two john chapter two verse one and we'll learn here of the details of the first sign the water into wine now as we read it i'm going to read it um in a way that, that i will elaborate some of the small details that i want us to compare when we get to chapter 21 so it's, it's going to be a bit um a slow slow read a bit lethargical but i want to emphasize the details john's gospel chapter two and the third day third day there was a marriage in cana of galilee that's the location galilee and the mother of jesus was there and both jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage so the savior was called to the marriage and when they wanted wine the mother of jesus said unto him they have no wine here is an admission of failure they ran out of wine they have no wine jesus says unto her <clears throat> Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. <coughs> Excuse me. Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Or literally, do you see the art that the it is in italics whatever he says unto you do and when you think about it what what excellent counsel that is whatever he instructs whatever he commands to do and what was true then is true for us today and it behoves us as his people to obey him in the things that he commands whatsoever he says unto you do it make sure you do it and there were sent there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. You'll notice the numbers there six water pots, and then the capacity of the water pots, two or three firkins each. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with wine. And there we have the command of the Lord. He says, fill the water pots with one with, with water beg your pardon with water and they filled them up to the brim and quite wisely they filled them up to the maximum they could they could not squeeze in another milliliter of water into the pots they were full to the brim and he says unto them draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast and they bear him 
to the servants bearing. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory. Please note that it was here where he manifested forth his glory. And the response of his disciples was simply this, that they believed on him. It shows us something of their faith. And his disciples believed on him. And if we turn to the eighth sign, to John chapter 21, bearing in mind the details that we've just uh, reminded ourselves of in John chapter 2. John chapter 21, <clears throat> I'll read the, the verses through to verse 14 with, with a few commas as we go through. When we touch upon one of the, the details which support the arrangement of the introversion. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Notice the location, the Sea of Tiberias, i.e. Sea of Galilee, same place, the Sea of Galilee. When we think of the location of the wedding feast, it was in Galilee. Verse 2, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of, of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. They acknowledged their failure. They had caught nothing. Experienced fishermen, fished all night, must have been hungry. They caught nothing. He says unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. He gave the instruction, he gave the command, as he did regarding the water pot. Now he says, cast your net on the right side of the ship, and they obeyed. And they were given this multitude of fishes by the Lord. This is his providing hand. The Lord provided for them. 
Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. Notice here now, 200 cubits, another detail, uh, another measurement. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and the fish lay thereon and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes. And that's another detail here. And 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. So in the, in the first sign, we, we have the, the six pots, the two, two or three firkins apiece. Here the disciples were at uh, 200 cubits away, and also we learned of the number of fish, 153. Isn't it amazing how the scriptures give us such an, an accurate number? What, what an unusual number, an odd number, 153. Why is that, do you think? I think Phil mentioned this last week. It, it's, a, it's a strange number. Um, and may I suggest to you uh, something which, which, which uh, I, I thought of this morning regarding that number. See what you think to it. The water pots in the first sign were filled to the brim. They could, they could not hold any more water, and the Lord converted what was in the pots, filled to the brim. This net, which the disciples were using, contained 153 fish, great fish. I just wonder if that was the very maximum that that net could hold. Maybe that if there was 154 fish, the net would have broken. What do you think? I, I, apart from that, I can think of no, no, no reason why, why 153 fish have been numbered. Maybe 154 would have been more than the net could hold. Jesus said unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and the fishes likewise. Now this is the third time. Remember, in the first sign, it was the third day. Now it's the third time that Jesus showed himself. Jesus manifested forth himself. In the first sign, he manifested forth his glory. Now he manifests forth, manifests forth himself. That's lovely, isn't it? To the disciples, after that he was risen, from the dead. I can see they're looking at my watch that, that the time is, is, is now spent. So here I must close. But I 
trust that uh, it's, it's been helpful to you. And if you <clears throat> like to look at them in your own time, um, uh, if, if you have um, uh, any, any questions that you'd like to ask, then please, please email me and I'll, and I'll do my best to, um, to explain. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that we can't go into further details regarding the other signs, of the pairs, how they appear in John's Gospel, but it, it's, it's a wonderful uh, arrangement that the Lord has given to us in this lovely Gospel. Thank you very much. God bless.